Okay. You want to see if you can tell if they're lying to you? Go ahead and roll. Ugh, sorry, you missed by three. Uh, yeah, you think they're telling the truth. This is Sean. And this is Navi. And together we're a couple of Drakes, the creators of Court of Blades and Deadbell. When we're not writing games, we're listening to Tabletop Top. Top. Toppy Top Top. <laughs> Don't try that again. <laughs> when we're not writing games, we're listening to Tabletop Talk. Welcome to Tabletop Talk from Third Floor Wars. Your host, Craig Shipman. Howdy, any judges. I'm Craig Shipman, the person behind the content at Third Floor Wars. My podcast, Tabletop Talk, is where I interview creatives and designers in the tabletop gaming space. What makes my show different than all the other interview shows out there? Well, I do interview designers like Robin D. Laws, John Harper, Ed Greenwood, Robert Schwab, and Rod Edwards. That isn't what makes my show unique. I bring big and small creators on the show, and we focus on uncovering their creative process. I talk with some of the biggest names in the industry, but I also try to get small indie creators on as well. Most shows focus on what they make. I focus on why they make these games and how they make these games. My interviews are long form and can be up to two hours long. I strive to create conversations about their inspirations, history, personalities, methodology, and drive. I want to understand the people behind these games. Now, I struggle to find a clip that captures the show as each episode is so unique because of the guest and the path that we take together in our conversation. But I decided on this 10-minute clip with Ray Najati, the maker of Apocalypse Keys, which recently closed a successful Kickstarter. This clip showcases what makes my show different. I hope it inspires you to look through my catalog of almost 200 episodes to find creators you'd like to learn about and learn from. Most of all, thank you for the work it takes to be a judge. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. I hope you enjoy this clip. Uh, one of the challenges of Apocalypse Keys is when a lot of people hear urban fantasy, mystery, Hellboy inspired. And once again, like coming from that, you know, perspective and who gets to say what is true. So a lot of, um, I'm just gonna be honest, a lot of cis dudes <laughs> were like, so I'm expecting urban shadows. I'm expecting monster of the week. Why are these monsters so powerful and why are they so emotional? Why are relationships important to them? Like a lot of the feedback I got from the open play test was, it doesn't make sense that I'm a powerful monster, but relationships matter to me. They shouldn't at this point because I'm powerful and a monster. That, that's, that's fascinating. So, so now here's the question I would have about that is you've got a choice to make as a designer, right? One choice is to take that feedback and go, I, I need to set the expectations better and I need to make it clearer or, and I'm going to just say it or fuck right. it. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and so how do you, how do you sort through that when you get feedback like that? Not just that specifically, but in general, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think like Apocalypse is was like the biggest example because like for the rest of my game, so within the indie it shio designer space that i'm in right on twitter and stuff a lot of us are ridiculously queer <laughs> like a lot of us are just like <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm, I'm not Costco queer. We're talking like oh, yeah. <laughs> craft like, brewing queer. That is so unfortunately true. I have to say that though. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. I remember when, like, Drew, well, so so Sean and I met through Balikbaida and Apocalypse Keys, but we really, especially because like Sean has really been there for me working through Apocalypse Keys. We used to like meet every week, talk for hours about the design and go over stuff. Um, and so I, I think at one point I told Sean, Sean, I think like, I realized I've been with Matthew, you know, my, my, my husband, uh, partner, I was like, I've been with Matthew for like almost 20 years, more than 20 years. I wow. Think, yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I'm very lucky. Uh, and I was like, but I think, I think I'm Polly. Like I, I, I've been talking to Matthew about it and Sean was like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know, I don't know that many indie designers who aren't Polly. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> and I was it like, took you so long, right? <laughs> that has been the general reaction. When I tell people I'm Polly, they're like, oh, yeah, you didn't know? I was like, what? <laughs> like, people were joking about Apocalypse Keys, the Bond questions. They're like, oh, this is just Ray's, like, Polycule simulator game, right? I was like, what? <laughs> Isn't that funny? God, that's incredible. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah. Right, I got to bring us back to Oathbreaker. Yes, so yes. stay with me, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, oh wait, here's sorry, the thing. I actually didn't answer the question about like what to do with the feedback. Well, well the, I, we started it right, yeah. and that's that's where I want to go. So yeah. you play mage, and you hear the the myth of mage, which is a bunch of booha, right? And you, but but it sounds to me like the setting concept was attractive to you. Um, so it. Am I accurate in saying that it was uh, the theme and the genre and the feeling that, that drew you into it first? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So when do you get the ridiculous idea of using be the belonging outside of belonging system? Because I got to be honest with you, uh -huh. the first time I saw Oathbreakers, I, I'm reading the sentences. I'm like going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that last sentence slapped me in the face because that was the last <laughs> thing I would have expected. So. I guess I want to start with when does that come into play or did it start with something else or did you know from the beginning you were going to use that very unique way of, 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 of playing a game? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I, I have this ridiculous habit as uh, and Sean and other people really laugh at, uh, at me about this. Um, I have this ridiculous habit where if I'm trying to figure out a design challenge within a system, because I really love studying systems and getting the hang of them and, iterating on them. If I'm trying to figure out a challenge in a system, I will just, instead of making huge dramatic changes within the game, I just create a new game that uses, that uses like an iteration on that. So with Oathbreakers, number one, I came across Sam Zimmerman's Revolution, which is mm -hmm. a belonging inside belonging game that takes place uh, during the French Revolution, right? And it uses that system, but with tarot cards. And so when right. we play tested it, I was like, whoa, I was so, my mind was blown, right? I was like, yeah. because you had to, so the tarot cards replaced the tokens, but then if you wanted to do specific mood, moves, you would have to have those tarot cards. You would have to have a swords card or a wands card or a major, or if you had a major mm. arcana, then you could do any of those moves. It was so smart. It was so simple, but it was so fascinating. And I told Sam, ever since we play, we played like Revolution, I have been unable to to like stop thinking about that mechanic. Can I please borrow it Interesting. and use it? Yeah. 
uh, for, and then so, cause this was around the time I was playing Changeling and I was getting the idea for the game. So I put that in and then in, but like by in what I was struggling with at the time, which is the first, oh no, it was the second B.O.B. game that I worked on. What I was struggling with at the time was what do regular moves do? And this is like mm-hmm. a conversation, a lot of designers within the Twitter space were like, uh, passionately talking about on Twitter. So it's, it's, it's hard to have a As opposed to rationally talking about it on Twitter. It's so hard to have a nuanced <laughs> conversation on Twitter. We were trying. We were really trying. But, but all it takes is a bad day and reading someone's tweet wrong, you know? So right. And taking things very personally. So, But basically, I saw what, like, Riley Rethel was doing, like, just removing regular moves completely. Mm-hmm. And I was like... What that still work? And I was like, instead of being drastic with like buying and removing the regular moves, I'm like, I'm gonna use Oathbreakers, and then I'm gonna put on this like tarot thing from Sam and the no regular moves from Riley. I'm gonna put it with my inspiration from Changeling, and and then it's gonna be Oathbreakers was the idea. And that's what I really, I really just enjoy experimenting with mechanics and shifting and pulling yeah. and pushing and breaking. Like that's what I. It helps me better understand what is the internal core elements of a system, what really matters and doesn't matter. And by so by, by Frankensteining them together, it exposes that in yeah. each other game. Is that what you're okay? Yeah, okay. yeah. Because there are times when I've broken things to the point where like, oh, this isn't working anymore. This isn't right. fun. Like this isn't. Like I have this like B.O.B. Magical Girl game that I really like. Actually, every time I make a Magical Girl game, it just breaks. Like that's like, (sighs) I'm like so sad about that. (laughs) But, you know, Girl by Moonlight exists, so that's okay. But uh, basically, yeah, yeah, it's it's I love doing that so much. It's it's one of the things Uh I love so much. Now, did you have all of those puzzle pieces together before someone played it? Or is that something that came through iteration? Ooh, so what I like to do when I playtest a game is I I like to pretend the game is as complete as possible from the player okay. side. So they don't and I do this because and this is really like I think this is just a personal choice. I've seen other people enjoy playtesting while the game is still like basically in shambles and the players can Yeah, they race to the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's fine, right? I think I think that's mm-hmm. but for me as a designer, when I playtest I like as much as possible if I can pretend it's a complete game and it feels like a complete game because I find a lot of that informs the the play experience. So I want to give a really quick right. example in that I created a trophy dark game called Brinkwood. Well, right now it's called In the Face of Our Despair, but we're going to shorten it down to Brinkwood Despair. Because um, I'm very dramatic. I have a lot of dramatic titles. <laughs> and so the thing is, the Trophy Dark system and the, trof- the Trophy Dark game, it was originally from Cthulhu Dark and they tweaked it. Very cool mm-hmm. stuff. Very lovely core resolution mechanic. The interesting thing is, in Trophy Dark, which I've played and run quite a few times, people were hesitant to use the ruin mechanic right the um because they were which is a shame because it's a huge part i mean it's a huge core of the game it's a huge part of the game right it's so important and it's so much fun but people are like oh no i don't want to Mm." and so i thought maybe so at the time i thought well this is just a part of how the mechanic works right 